Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another week of Second Chance Moped Podcast. Yes, this is a special day. We're recording on a Sunday because this is October 3rd. And any of you who are friends with me on Facebook, P.S., I've been getting a lot of friend requests lately, and if you don't send me any type of message and I don't know you, I'm probably not going to accept your friend request. Call me an asshole, whatever. Um, But today I'm 20 years sober. I have not touched a drop of alcohol or have found it necessary to take prescription medication other than prescribed. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit, but I have taken a painkiller too as prescribed by doctors because of my accident. Um, it, I didn't, I don't know how I got here when I tell people like how do I go to 12 step meetings? Yes. I still, I was just at one tonight. Um, it is a, I, I do not need them to be sober. I have a solution in my life, um, that has enabled me to be sober for this time. And that is the God of my understanding. Um, if anybody ever is struggling with substance abuse or depression or anything like that, I am always here. Please DM me on second chance pod or um, the Instagram or anything like reach out to me. I am somebody who has been there a lot and can at least be an ear or a pen or whatever. Um, And then also a part of this, like in a couple days is the anniversary of my accident, which some people hear me talk about and I haven't talked about for a long time. I try to not talk about myself too much about this podcast. I really try to make it about the guests. Um, I was in a major accident three years ago on the way to get my 17 year medallion. Um, A car hit me, shattered my femur, tore my aorta in my heart, collapsed lungs, um, bruised kidneys, bruised ribs. Yet another traumatic brain injury. Yes, I am a survivor of several traumatic brain injuries. And according to many neurologists in Rochester, Mayo, and at the Regents Hospital, we still don't know why I'm pulling coherent sentences together. Um, But there's a plan for me somewhere. I believe in that. But (sighs) fucking A, shit is just so rad. Like, I, I get on a bike. And I just get and afterwards, like I get fucking happy and I got to ride. I blew, I had my fast bike out this past weekend and I was on a group ride and somehow the fucking locating pin, like decided to just leave the piston after like two or 3000 miles on that kit. So I thought I was going to have to Uber home from Mitch. Who's in the casseroler's house. And I decided I, I could spin. I could pretty much take my pinky and spin my flywheel. Like, I'm like, there's no compression left to this thing. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to try to start it up. The thing started. I have no idea how it started. Or I mean, there's just enough compression, I guess. But like, I asked my buddy Lee Pinkerton, I go, Lee, will you follow me home? Or first it was going to be, let's, can I just bring, ride my bike to your place and bring me home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then we start taking some back ways and everything. And Lee's like, all of a sudden gives me kind of this look his clutch blows up on his E50 and he's in pretty much direct drive. So like I'm sitting there wrapping my throttle as much as I can to keep it alive at stoplights and Lee's just doing circles and we're just laughing at each other because we're the biggest couple. I just felt like the biggest assholes in the world, like funny wise, like 
let's get our limp dicks home type of deal. It was just, it was hilarious. And I thought my bike finally died turning on to Rice Street, which is about a mile or so from my house. Nope. I fucking ran out of gas right by a gas station. So I somehow got my bike home, got it running. It was fucking within like, I don't know, a half hour. I had a new kit on it and like thing rips again. I fucking love hobbits. I love, I love understanding mopeds now. Like, I'm not saying I got them figured out. Like I'll get thrown for a world. Don't get me wrong. But like I understand them and I got to ride all over and I was going to have my long ride. Um, this weekend I was going to do from St. Paul to Stillwater and some other routes for people. Cause I just like long rides and old Jake Kane pointed out to me, goes, dude, I think the weather's going to suck. And I start looking at it and I, and I actually am able to take suggestions a little bit better from people these days. Like some people want to meet somewhere else. And before it'd always be like, it's my ride. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? This is what group members want. I will listen to people who want to come on this ride where they want to meet. It's fine. It's not a big deal, but we're pushing off. So if you're in the Minnesota area on Saturday, September or October 9th, we'll be taking a ride from Spring Street Tavern to Stillwater, Minnesota, up into Shoreview, Minnesota. It's going to be, honestly, it's probably going to be a 70 to 80 mile ride. It's going to be so much fun. I fucking love this shit. Um, but this is Sunday. I've been sober for a long time. I'm feeling really happy to be alive. And I heard about this person. And I know she's in a club with a buddy of mine, Conan. And I honestly feel like an asshole because about three times I was going to say hi to her. And I almost called her by the wrong name because her and Angle kind of look like each other, but not really because I didn't really know either one of them until that weekend. But I'm going to have my guest introduce herself right now. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is Kelly Kuhn. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been um, in, in the moped scene since uh, 2011 when I first got, when I got my first bike, which is a little Pook Maxi. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, what cl- any clubs or where, where do you live? That type of stuff? Yeah, I'm up in Boston. And then I'm in the Smog Squad. Okay. So, Kelly, here on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys. First time they ever saw a moped. Not necessarily getting on, but the first time they can conceptually understand, yes, that is a moped. To, like, the smile ride, kind of getting first year or so and, like, middle part of their journey and what it's like today. So, Kelly, let me ask you, what's your very first memory of a moped? I think this, I think it is when I saw one for the first time, like in person. Okay. Um, yeah. So like 2011, I was Carlos at the time. I wanted like another way to get around. And uh, I think it was like a moped army post that kind of guides folks. Like what's, what's the first moped you should pick. Okay. And so I just recommend just like, just get a book. If you don't know what you're doing, just get a book. <laughs> Very simple. Uh, so I found one that was cheap enough and I could walk to it. So I brought like my little bicycle helmet to go see it for the first time. I remember just seeing like he had the guy had like brought it out into the driveway, so it was just like in plain view, and I was like, I was a little scared, but then also, uh, yeah, it was awesome. The first like he let me like take it up and down the street, and I was smiling. <laughs> nice. Um, so I'm guessing it was kind of bone stock. It was was it anybody in the scene, or was it just Team Rando trying to sell a bike that had been sitting around? Um, the guy who sold me that bike was uh, Tim Bowie. So he'd been around for um. 
like the bicycle gang stuff called Skull in Boston. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think through that he met Mars One Vector. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I bought the the bike from Tim, he um, basically was like, "This is the phone number of some guys who go for a ride sometime. Go meet them." that's so mopeds right there uh i don't know you but here's people you can know <laughs> here's their number mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome so um how long did it take for the bike to break down and you were ready to quit mopeds oh it was uh it was almost immediately <laughs> yeah yeah it was like it was like a bone stock bike at the bottom end like everything was original so mm-hmm. uh, the bearings just they just uh, seized out of rust <laughs> Um, but this was like before there was like Uber or Lyft or anything like that. So it was like mm-hmm. three in the morning. I think it was like three miles from home. And you just got to one speed, just pedal it back home. <laughs> oh, you are awesome for trying to even pedal a moped. I didn't have a chain drive hooked up to my bike for a long time. And then I decided to finally get one hooked up to it. And like now it's like I generally try to just put it in pedal mode and kick it like a scooter. Um, so it broke down. How did you go about repairing it? Like, and it's kind of interesting that you say you, um, found a moped through moped army. Cause you're looking for another means of transportation. Was that just kind of a random Google search or want to talk about that at all? Or, oh, the, um, the moped was on Craigslist, but like mm-hmm. had all different types. So I didn't know which one to pick. So it was a moped army post that was basically, uh, if you know, if you're getting to mopeds for the first time, just like you do, I want a Tomos or a Hobbit. Like, don't yeah. get a bad of us, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I'm surprised they didn't. The AMF uh, Roadmaster wasn't even worth mentioning on there, I guess. Um, so you get that maxi, it breaks down. How did you go about repairing it? Did you it was it, lucky two strokes was around at this point, wasn't it? This was um, this was a few years before. Okay um yeah just like help from guys in the community like mars and folks and then there's also another moped army post about how to do like case matching and stuff like that so yeah yeah back in the day actually yeah, i leaned on that website pretty heavy just to figure out how to fix stuff mm-hmm. and this is i imagine before all the great tutorials that you see on youtube now like i know i am so spoiled because um travis did such a great job and now i think may's kind of standing on his shoulders has done an unbelievable job of um the tutorials on youtube right now um so what did you do did you just return it back to bone stock or did you go did you throw a kit on it or how did that go about yeah i did throw a kit on it because like if i have to be in there anyway like why not just like you know fix it up a bit get get, get some go fast parts (laughs) yeah what were you ordering through at that point? Was it treats or was it like? It was uh, treats. Okay. Yeah, it was long ago enough that they were still doing the taco points. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like started riding with uh, the Boston guys a bit more. And then we all got super into to racing. Okay. There was, there was a go-kart track up in upstate New York called Cherry Valley. Nice. Yeah. So part of the, like, you want to be like a real like racer dude. Like you have to like build your own bike from scratch. Mm-hmm. So the engine from that first bike ended up going on to this other frame. Um, my dad helped me do this because I wasn't doing a lot of metal fabrication on my own at the time, but it was um, a Badibus HS50 frame. Okay. That was that he helped me do um, these aluminum plates to basically engine swap the E50 onto it. Hmm. So it was nice because it had like a long wheelbase, like awesome gas tank. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that, that was back in the day also when everyone was doing the Suzuki K10 front forks. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so seeing this bike now, you can tell it's from a certain time and a place because it got those forks on it. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's just way too, like, at least for myself, I'm way too lazy. I'll just be like, I'll just throw EBR forks on it. And I'll like, because those KTM are those KX80 forks. Those used to be really cheap, but I don't think they're quite as cheap anymore. I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah, the old K10s, they used to be like, I don't think I paid more than $80 for it. Yeah. I think someone bought them all up. But um, their issues that, are that's the cheap. hiccup. Like now they go for like a couple hundred bucks. And by the time you're all said and done, like, ebrs like i mean you can do a lot of you can do a lot of nifty maneuvering if you want to put mb5 forks on like a hobbit or whatever but like (laughs) it's a lot of work (laughs) yep um so you got into that racing but that's rad uh what let me ask you this what was your was that your first kind of out of town experience or like had you gone to any rallies at this point I think I'd been to a rally or two prior to that. Yeah, my first rally was um, it was the Metal Ponies. It was the Weekend Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a great rally. And uh, yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess there's another like Marlon Vector story on that one. Uh, I guess MIT had like a shopping cart full of just uh, landline phones, mm-hmm. like old-fashioned telephones with the push buttons and everything. So he just took all of them <laughs> and we brought them to the rally. And I guess like the bits of phone ended up in like people's pillows, like at the Mohawk mammoths were there. They traveled in this, like this TP that they all slept in. It's awesome. And so they got pranked. They got phone bits everywhere. And then someone's smoke, I got strung up in a tree with phone lines. <laughs> and uh, that, that got a yelling for sure from, <laughs> from some folks. Yeah. I imagine that somebody wasn't too happy uh, about that at all. Um, mm-hmm. What what was that like running into like your first bit of experience in moped culture? Like I know a lot of people um feel like especially early on, and I'm not trying to take anything away from like people today, especially new people like myself, people feel like they found a scene that they'd been looking for. Was that kind of your experience at all with it? Like that's what I'm kind of wondering. Like, what was your especially like, what was your growing up like? I've never really asked you, or I don't know anything about you. Like, did you, you said your dad knew about fabrication, but like, had you been, did you turn a wrench at all growing up? Or like, what was that? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Yeah, my growing up, uh, you know, I wasn't very mechanical. Mm-hmm. I just had like the more, I don't know, like I guess traditional background where like the girls like did the dishes and like cleaned up. And, like it was like the guys who were like worked on the cars and did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was only like later in life I came to do, actually do mechanical things. And yeah, uh, everyone in the MOPA community is a fantastic teacher. So like through them, like I learned all the stuff I know how to do now. Um, Everybody but me, I'm a terrible teacher because I get very in my own head about stuff and I'm trying to figure out how to solve your problem. And yeah, I'm I'm the worst teacher ever. I'll be the first one to admit it. And I sound like an asshole when I'm trying to teach people so that I just like, I'm sorry. And like, I apologize all the time because I saw, I know I'm sounding like an asshole. Um, so you had that first bit of, um, moped culture experience, but that was, I know the metal ponies were in town for you. What was your first out of town rally experience? Like, was it just you going or was it like kind of the Boston crew or you want to talk about that at all? I think, I don't know if I can remember. I think my first out of town rally was a, was a mono rally. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I think a bunch of the Boston folks, we were all gonna like rent, I think like an RV and just like drive down together. But uh, like folks got busy and everything kind of like fell apart, but like I still wanted to go. So someone's like, you know, hit up the Brooklyn people. There's this club there called Upjet, like go see what they're up to if anyone's driving down. Yeah, so that's how I met, um, that's how I met a lot of Upjet, like like Parker, Bob and stuff. Uh, Love yeah, Parker. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, yeah, we uh, basically just rented a car and we just like drove down. It took like a day, but we made, yeah, I made it. <laughs> that's, I give everybody so much um, admiration who can handle driving with people like i am that lone wolf that like i'll just drive myself it's fine like i just want to do my thing and go to the bathroom when i want to go to the bathroom and not when four other people have it. Mm-hmm. um but that's that's awesome what was had you bit traveled much at your in your life at that point or had you been out of boston that much like that's what i'm trying to like yeah, no, mostly just been in Boston, like born in Framingham, uh, grew up in Hudson, went to like UMass Amherst. So we're just kind of been in like the same little, like to our radius. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because of mopeds, it's like, it's, in a great, it's a great excuse to like go out and see the country. And it's, yeah. it's really nice showing up and like people have like this two day party plan for you too. And a place to stay and like awesome food and like, yeah, fun stuff to do. What was that like going? Because that was you went down to new orleans what was that like going down there for the first time because i'm i might be going to the mono smoggy dog uh cove rally um so i i gotta figure out what's going on there but what was that like going to new orleans for the first time and were you one of those people that were ready to move to new orleans right away yeah i think it was in (laughs) every rally i went to i just want to live at that city yeah it was hard because like, oh, you know, go to New Orleans. It was awesome. It was like a ton of fun. I think that's where I met Smog Squad for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought they were so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then you go to like Portland, Oregon. I'm like, no, I want to live here. Mm-hmm. Or like go to like Los Angeles. Like, I, I want to live here. Yeah. So. Well, that's the running joke. Like, I think the first time I went to Richmond, like, and Jason is such, from Moped Monday, is such a great ambassador for that city. So him and Tom, it's like, like, they gave me shit about moving like oh you're gonna fall in love i fall much like yourself kelly i fall in love with every place i move and like that whole like hopeless romantic in me like i just want to move here and just be happy forever and ever and i know it's like there's a big difference between visiting a place and living in a place um so you went to that you went to that mono rally um did you actually bring a bike down there Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I hear it's like 50-50. People, people just go to hang out most of the time is what I've been told. I don't know. You'd know better than me. Um, it's just a fun time with a bunch of rad people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you went, you took that on the, on the car ride. Like, what is your moped collection like in the early part of your moped life? Are you just like one bike, two bike? Or are you kind of getting that hoarder bug that a lot of us get? Yeah, I was starting to get to the hoarder stage because I had like the first bike and then, uh, you know, you could buy like a broken poke for like 200 bucks. And then mm-hmm. the, the idea is like, oh, I'll just fix it and flip it and then like never fix it and never flip it. I'm going to steal the coil <laughs> off stage. of here. I'm going to borrow this brake plate. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the four bikes you bought to flip all the, somehow became parts bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your 
you talked about your rate like want to talk about your racing a little bit like you talked about that and i kind of totally glossed over it like a how did you get into it b what was that like and do you still have that bike oh yeah yeah it was yeah it's like through the through the boston guys um that yeah and that's when like lucky two strokes was like starting as well mm -hmm. so like they um like andy lozier helped like do some welding on like this race bike um, like a, like Justin Ian, like Quinn, like helped me like kind of get things set up. But yeah. it was exciting, you know. Like I read a lot of like books about uh, like how to do design like the ergonomics for a race bike, like how you position the brakes, you know, like braking like with your wrists up, so that, that's agony. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the proper position and like they'd actually this book would have like corners on uh, so diagrams on how to cut a proper corner, like a dot with like this is where you start to yep. lean, this is where about we should hit the throttle, like get that kind of the corner. Yeah, this is what reading books about it. I, I, was, I, I don't say I was actually that good at it, but it was really fun. That's all that counts. Like, that's all that counts for mopeds and racing at this level. Like, have fun. And not to throw, you don't, for people who don't know Kelly, especially like new people like myself, like, what is your technical job? Like, you're, you're a smart one. So, like, <laughs> what is your, not necessarily who you work for, but, like, what is your career of choice or whatever you do to make a living? Um, I'm in the pegylated salt and the banana particles as okay. a drug delivery vehicle. Yeah. Okay. And when she, she doesn't mean, like, a vehicle that has four wheels, people. She means, like, the pill, correct? Like, the actual, cat. like, what, oh. like, dumb it down for kids who just barely graduated high school. <laughs> Oh yeah, well the the messenger RNA therapeutics or messenger RNA based vaccines, they're not giving you just the mRNA. Mm -hmm. It's actually hidden inside of this um this lipid nanoparticle. Okay. And it's supposed to hide it out from your immune system until like your cells basically uptake the, the lipid nanoparticle. The mRNA escapes into the interior of the cell. Then your ribosome basically grabs on the, the mRNA and turns it into like the, the, the spike protein that gets expressed on the surface of your cell. I understood 70% of what you just said there, but you're smart yeah. as hell. And thank you for, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry for interrupting, but if, yeah. Um, so you, are you like a, I guess for layman terms, like a biochemist or bioengineer or like, what would it be? Can like, yeah. Kelly's even trying to think of like a layman's turn of it. Don't worry about it. Like you're just an awesome person who is very smart. <laughs> um, so, but back to mopeds and I love how that just, you're a smart person. Cause you go about reading everything versus like a hack redneck. Like me, I just kind of look at it and like, I'm the more physical problem solver. Let me just start hacking it apart until I figure it out type of deal. Um, that's why I'm not a good teacher. Cause I have to teach myself how to do something as I do it. Um, but you got into kind of racing, got learn about that. Um, what, what is your favorite bike you've built so far? Let me ask you that. Yeah, I think my favorite bike is, um, yeah, I like the Baker's Dozen Hobbit quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Because in that one, like I built that like later in my moped career. So I did a lot of, um, I, I did a lot of the welding myself this time. Like I picked a lot of the components for the bike. Um, I did have some help welding from Zach Richards. Okay. But that was just, um, we moved the, like the swing arm attachment point, like back on the frame. Cause I wanted to do a chopper hobbit. So you gotta get that like stretch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, uh, that's a weld where if that weld fails, 
that's a bad time for the rider. <laughs> so I want like someone who knows what they're doing to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, is that Zach Smog? Oh, Zach Richards from uh, Pike Bart recording. He's up in Boston. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I believe I know who that is. Like him and I have chatted once or twice. Um, because you got to remember, still new. So I try to like. Mm-hmm. People know everybody's first and last names, but there's some people I just know through like internet names. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so what was your setup for your baker? What year did you run the baker's dozen? And what was the setup? Yeah, the Hobbit was uh, 2017 and 2018. Okay. And then 2019, um, I didn't field the bike this year, that, that year. It was a teammate who uh, fielded a, a Tomos. Yeah, it was like, a, yeah, the team that year was like a, it was Lucy Escobar and Christina Flashens, and then we okay. were supporting supporting Chad Burke as a solo rider. But okay. the Tomos did great. It like only broke uh, like one thing. Like, I think one of the one of the clutches kind of fell apart a little bit. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> um, that those Tomoses are still. I can't believe nobody. I don't think anybody had a Tomos this year at the Baker's Dozen, did they? I did. Oh. It seemed like it was the year of the Derby. Yeah, it was a lot of Derbies. Yeah, yeah um but what motor set up what all did you have on your hobbit because i'm I'm a hobbit boy myself so what was your hobbit set up for your baker's dozen build yeah yeah I, I, the frame was kind of cool so i had it come that told me stretch it i had tracked down um uh stock hydro magnum forks which, are, okay. which i think are about five or six inches longer than the stock forks because yeah i want to do like that chopper thing Mm-hmm. Um, I found a desert dirt bike gas tank on eBay. So it was like a 3.1 gallon capacity gas tank. Okay. And because it was uh, red plastic, you could actually see your, your fuel level through the side. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, someone else, I picked out, I think it was a Honda Express seat because they have the, the big old like booty scoops. Mm-hmm. So it was very comfortable. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Diaz from, um, he didn't work at Pike. Recording, but he was around but he helped um he had a scrap uh like sissy bar piece okay from a, from a chopper motorcycle so we actually had like a sissy bar that you could like put, put your backpack on like lean against it and just kind of like lay it back when you're driving mm-hmm. but the the setup was um i think it was one year at a los moranos rally uh they were going to raffle off an mlm piece but like uh they, they, i think they saved it for like the last man standing at like the very end of the rally <laughs> that was like a, a second round of raffle at the very end so i i had won the um an mlm pipe of your choice okay so instead of that um i was because i already had like some pipes picked out but i i created it in for um their hobbit the suffering yeah 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 so i had that i was doing the, the dr kit oh, I, haven't, I haven't touched this bike in a couple years but i think it was just um I forgot what the carburetor was. I think I like Bakunis basically because they just they just go out of the box. They're yeah, they just easier than the, the Lordos. <laughs> yeah, they just always work. I mean, and like I got ex- I finally learned why they always work because eighty percent lertudine is on that needle versus like uh, PHPG or Polini where like ninety percent lertudine is on the jet. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. That's why they always work. Um, how did you do uh, your years running the Baker Dozen? Did you were you able to finish? I shouldn't say how did you do because like just to finish is a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, we uh, yeah we were team never DNF. <laughs> okay. For 2017 and 2018, so it was like myself, uh, Christina Flashes, and also Eric Panapinto. He he doesn't really um, he's not really around the Mopa community anymore. Okay. And then we had like 
Chad Burke on the phone for support. <laughs> Good old uh, Chad. Yeah, no, the first year, um, it was a bit of a mess because like, I just, I'm not a Hobbit person. Mm-hmm. I only fielded a Hobbit because uh, Boston was going to have like an all Hobbit team. But then like people have like life commitments, like it ended up um, being down to just me. So I get a, like an all call on the internet, like I need a team. I still want to <laughs> do this. I built this bike. Like, let's just, I don't care. I want to do this. Yeah. That's how I grabbed uh, Christina and, and Eric. Um, there's like a lot of little things about hobbits that I just didn't know because like I was like a poop person previously. Yeah, that's gonna be totally weird. Just like I know this platform, but instead I'm gonna run a totally different one for thousands of miles, and I I wouldn't know what to feel or to look for for a pook. So yeah, I think one of the issues we ran, we ran into is like I think if if the weights aren't right, you won't be fully varied. So like you might be mm-hmm. experiencing the symptoms of like the carburetor being too rich because it'll be yep. very boggy. So yep. it feels to- heavy. Yeah, so having to do the variator weights and the carburetor at the same time, uh, year two, we did a lot better. <laughs> we had all the experiences we got in the year one. <laughs> yep. But we always finished. No, never DNF. Um, There's one night, uh, I think it was between Richmond and North Carolina, if that makes sense, geographically. Okay. It does to me, so don't worry. I <laughs> never know where I am, but I always find where I need to be. Yeah, the um, we had like just left for the day. And uh, we didn't make it very far because this is another thing I didn't know about hobbits is that the, the, the cheeks on the rear pulley, sometimes they just tread off. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that happened. Uh, and uh, being uh, even not, not uh, formally educated in like hobbits or anything, I didn't, I didn't have another um, rear wheel set up with us. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. So that, that would have uh, ended the race like right there for us. But I remembered, um, I think it was Noah, Noah Goldman. From Richmond, the previous night at the Rebel Ranch had been like, hey, I'm part of a Hobbit. I might have stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't need anything because I didn't I didn't know any better. <laughs> but I remember he said he was part of a Hobbit. So we like got him on the phone and he's like, Do you have a rear pulley that we can that we can like buy off? And he's like, Yes. <laughs> that is so. so awesome because sometimes it's like those are especially right now, like those are it's like trying to find hen's teeth sometime. Either like the market's flooded with them or there's none to be had. Yeah, especially because they're so hard to service that usually yep. people just like, this is done, just get rid of it. I think the Camino pulley is supposed to be a little bit better at, for if you actually have to get in there and service it. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, you kind of have to buy those from overseas. Yeah. Um, and plus now with the rear pulley, um, they came out, I don't know who figured it out. Somebody figured out a pull, a, the proper puller to separate them. Nice. So like, you take that nut off and then you clean those threads out and like I've got the puller and like you still have to kind of ratchet down and wrap it about three or four times, but it'll actually separate. And like I, when I first got into mopeds, I tried to help somebody separate um, a rear pulley with the wood trick that you see on moped army. And this person who's I'm not going to throw him under the bus. He is very knowledgeable in mopeds and I've learned most, a lot of moped stuff from him. He couldn't do it that way. And then like me being me, I was, I found somebody who a thread somewhere, like this is the puller you need, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so, and if I was smart enough, I would post a link to that puller and I might even do it by the time this podcast comes out for anybody looking for a rear puller to separate your cheeks, but no bad puns there at all. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you got that. Did you just buy a whole rear wheel and transmission setup off them, or did you just buy the rear pulley? 
I think from what I remember, it might have just been the rear pulley. But uh, yeah, because um, I had considered it kind of like my mistake to not supply like a second rear setup. So I volunteered to stay with a bike. I also was like team captain, like like I'll be the one to take the hit. So like I left mm-hmm. me on the side of the road with like some water and trail mix. And it was it was like a five hour round trip. Oh, so wow. we'll go back up, get the pulley, turn around and then come back. Um, and then we still had, we just barely started the day. So we still had the rest of the course to run. So we were, oh. we were actually on the road for 23 and a half hours. That's so rough. Yeah. Uh, 20, at 24 hours, you, you are uh, DNF, but that's it. Like you cannot mm-hmm. go over 24 hours. So we were so close to being out. Mm-hmm. But we made it. Yeah. I think now, did you have to go to Charlie Buzzard's house that night? Yeah. That's the, that's the one we rolled into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I there's a video that the uh, Jet Boys were a part of. They brought somebody with who did a video for the first years of the Baker's Dozen, and I remember seeing that um, team DNF like coming in with like literally minutes to spare. <laughs> I was like, that's so fucking rad. Um, yeah. so you guys got that. You you obviously finished that. Did you do so? Did you make it all the way to Austin that year? Almost. We got stopped, I think, 30 minutes. Sorry, sorry, 30 miles before Austin, Texas. Because again, you know, there's a lot of issues with the bikes. We're always out kind of late at night, and then the cops are just super bored. And so mm. um, basically, Christina was driving the bike. Well, I, I had been driving the bike earlier, but uh, after two weeks of just like long hours on the road, like everybody <laughs> had lost like 15 pounds in two weeks. Like, I think people actually started to kind of, actually kind of like, like die a little bit. <laughs> so I've been driving the, the bike. And I, I was uh, so exhausted. I was starting to hallucinate like stuff on the road. So I was like, I, uh-huh. I need to, I need to like be relieved. So like Christina swapped out for me, but she didn't make it very far before she got pulled over. And uh, they were being like real jerks about it. Like the police were like, if we see you on this again, we're taking the bike and you're going to jail. It's like, and uh, they yeah. didn't, they were like posting like uh we were like what do we do we're like what's the group me like we we can't finish the course like we don't want to go to jail like not Texas yeah. jail yeah um so basically we just got like a just just come in whatever like it's not worth going to jail about and like while we were like what do we do uh like a, a like a patrol car like circled and so like, well, we're not we're not fucking with this so we just yeah. it up and like just drove it to austin and like while we were driving there's actually a car parked another trooper car part so we made the right choice to not be like just run around the corner and just like go yeah it's like why is there so many cops in this like little condensed area too it's like you guys are obviously bored and just yeah that's unbelievable um did you end up doing the next year we did yeah did you learn a lot of lessons for that yeah absolutely yeah year two is so much smoother (laughs) Like I had like uh, gotten like yeah yeah just like a little experience that we gathered um, definitely a lot smoother that year uh, yeah so like year one was kind of marked by just like constant harassment from the police like anytime you went through a small town in the middle of the night that's actually one of the things I learned about running, running bakers is um, you want a bike that just never breaks down <laughs> but it's like kind of fast. Because usually it's the first person who goes through a town that like might get a little bit of attention from like the local police. And then they start to see two or three more people roll in and they're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And usually it's the last person who get who gets stopped. 
they, they just like, what the hell is this? They, they, one of them actually said they were calling ahead to like let other people know that like, this was happening, like we were going through, like people were getting kind of suspicious. So never be the last one through a town at night because you you will get stopped. Yeah, that sounds. I <sighs> cops like. Yeah, don't even get me. I, I'll I'll be quiet. We won't get going on the cops. Um, yeah, it's it's dumb toys. Okay, like let it go. Yeah. Um, so you got you did the second year. Um, who all was on your team that year? Was it still kind of you or same group of people? Same group of people. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, year one sucked because like this is constant harassment by the police. Um, I actually had to go to court on the way back home. I got I got pulled over real bad in New Jersey. Oh wow! First day, and he gives me like five tickets. Like if I had been paying attention, like uh, he pulled me over right across the street from a courthouse, which is where I ended up having to go back to later. <laughs> but I was That's just on the hilarious. shoulder, just ripping. Uh, so that was a thing. So we got to Austin, Texas, and I I didn't look at the tickets when I got them because I was like, I will deal with this later. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much they cost. Um, but then when I go to look at them, it, it, there's no fee. It's just a mandatory court appearance. Mother. Yeah. So we had, you know, it was in like two days. So Christina, I just like booked it back to Philly. I dropped her off. Uh, Carrot St. Francis like lent me like a button up so I could go to court. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I like wait in line. There's a whole bunch of people there that day. Uh, most of them got dismissed because the guy was like, all these crimes are like on a motor assisted bicycle. Like, what is this? <laughs> uh, this is so stupid. Um, most of them are dismissed because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of like reciprocal registration. Massachusetts, you don't get a license plate, you just get a little sticker. Mm-hmm. So that was part of what he was upset about. He thought it was an like, unregistered vehicle because all the other <sighs> states get plates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so came back for year two because that was, a, I think that was the year that everyone was really excited about because that's the year that we're going like through the desert, like the Joshua tree, going through mm-hmm. like, Vegas. And then, yeah, just finishing the race. Yeah, yeah um and then having to drive all the way home that had to be that's a trip <laughs> all the way to boston to L- la to boston i can't even how long did that take you a couple three days yeah i had a i had some folks with me to help help uh yeah you know, same what it was last year so it's christina and eric and then uh, we had chad as a solo rider okay so eric eric flew home so it was just like uh christina chad and myself was driving but i needed to um, I think I forget when Christina disembarked, but Chad worked, I dropped him off in Kentucky and okay. I just finished the trip by myself. Yeah, that would <laughs> that was that kind of weird being all by yourself finally, like after like weeks on the road on a moped, weeks, days in the vehicle, and then all of a sudden you're there alone. I I give you so much props because I probably just want to want to sleep for like a week and not even make it home. Um mm-hmm. So what, what is the, I'm trying to figure out what's the dumbest thing you think you've done in mopeds other than Baker's dozen. And you can have fun with it. Or... Oh, I, I might've been a little too boring, but I think. One no, time... I, I was going to say other than doing this podcast, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think I haven't really done a lot of the pranks, but like one time myself and someone else, it was, I think it was um, on the Brooklyn rally. We got in like a trucker's yard. So okay. we still had like the semis in it. So that there's like this narrow aisle between two semis that if you want to go inside or out, you had to pass between the trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and this other person, we took clear tape 
and we basically did like a little spider's web. <laughs> Just to see if anyone would get stuck. Uh, yeah, and people, I think some people, like, uh, one, one guy did get tagged by it, but I think he thought it was funny. He was like, I was looking for the high traps, but I didn't see the low traps. <laughs> <laughs> That's too good. Um, what was the writing like for you during the, I know you were very busy with your work, but like, what was riding and mopeding like during the last 18 months, two years for you? Um, I I haven't been so active the last couple of years. I want to like get back into it. I think once, once like rally season starts again, that'll definitely help a lot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there was an Acadia rally earlier this year and, uh, it was just nice. It just felt like normal. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I needed is people to be like, be around and doing like this goofy moped stuff. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I haven't, myself i hadn't got to experience a lot of that type of camaraderie but like just sitting one night in richmond after the baker's dozen like i think angel is doing tattoos and like somebody just said oh, fuck this, i missed this like i i could have even been mars or lars or one of those guys like this is nice just seeing everybody and meeting new people and yeah um i gotta ask you something after the podcast like something just flashed into my head from that evening um so what what's writing like for you on a like now are you writing much or are you just kind of like busy with work or what's and how many mopeds do you have in your stable oh (laughs) yeah like i said i haven't been writing very much Mm -hmm. um i did get a 1987 toyota van okay that's been like my whip i love that thing it's it's a bad vehicle but i I don't care uh but actually uh earlier today i did buy a honda spree nice yeah because i uh, used to have a little yamaha raz back in the day that i fixed up but it got stolen oh uh i kind of miss have a little scooty mostly just the floorboards you can put like groceries or like a 12 pack or something on there and just get, get rid of going <laughs> uh, but unfortunately i didn't in my naivety i didn't know what it is that the iowa version okay so i was just been reading about sprees all day so it's <laughs> determinedly slow like legally enforced slow but i'll, I'll fix it <laughs> Um, but yeah, I have the Badavis. I have the HS50 with the E50. I got the Chopper Hobbit. Um, I picked up a Badavis. I forget what it is, but it's called affectionately the Space Banana. Okay. It's a uh, it's a top tank, but it's like a hollow top tank. It's just like a glove box. But I think it's like the good Badavis. It's not Badavis. the grand. The good Badavis that everybody wants, at least my at least what I want, is the Grand Prix with. Let me, uh, let me um, look that up real quick. Yeah, it yeah. might be that. Uh, Tab had one at Richmond. I don't know if you were still there. Or took off with the smog doggies. Um, that was rad as hell. His blue Grand Prix that everybody puts the Peugeot AV10, I think, on. So, um, but yeah, I, I kind of the Grand Prix. Is it oh, jealous? Yeah. What color? The turquoise one. Oh, I'm jealous. So jealous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got a, I'm going to sell up. I already got someone lined up for it. <laughs> um, We'll have to talk. I might have to, I will drop them off the top rope. Um, So I'm guessing you're going to New Orleans for yes, Halloween. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Flights mm-hmm. are booked. Pat, ba- uh, bag is packed. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, So I'm just going to have to say to you, like, you should get out and ride mopeds tomorrow. Just get one of them out, out of the storage. Do it. It's fun. You'll, you'll smile yeah. and be happy all over again. You know, like that's what's I 
excited for next year. I mean, granted, I got out and did a lot of stuff this year, but I am so flipping excited for this coming year because I think rallies could have, I don't have any information. I don't know, but I'm, I'm optimistic that rallies are going to happen. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think there's a mosquito fleet on the books. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely going to go to that one because, like, I love mosquito fleet rallies. Like, one year, um, yeah, I was able to get a loaner. Uh, uh, Terry and Helene brought two bikes. But, yeah, they took us out. They put all the moped, they put the rally on a ferry, the ferry uh-huh. to an island. And we just, like, rode around this, like, gorgeous island in, in the bay. Yeah, I, I've heard of that, and I heard they're just awesome rides, like, everything. And it's, like, it's northwest, so it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be, I think, anywhere where I've gone for rallies or to ride different. Like I think everybody enjoys going places to see something different. And it's definitely yeah. different from the Boston or Minnesota. So like, it's definitely going to be good times. Um, I can't think of enough. Like, I know this is kind of earlier than what I normally do. And it's probably a little late for you to, it's late for me to be up, even though like it's taken forever for my drug test to come back on my new job. And I'm just like, you guys, it's okay. I'll pass. I guarantee it. They're like, oh, we have to wait. So I haven't started work yet on my new job. I was supposed to start tomorrow, but they called me Friday, says the lab hasn't gotten it back yet. So I'm doing this on a Sunday because I'm bored. And I wanted to talk to you, Kelly, because you were somebody who I wanted to know more about. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on Second Chance, a moped podcast. Uh, We'll chit chat for a moment afterwards. But Kelly, don't forget, mopeds are dumb. Yeah, that's what's this, what, what makes them so lovable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Kelly. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.